Welcome everyone to the mightiest podcast in the nine realms, metas, and mutants. I am Tombstone the Dead Man, and this is my fellow guardian of the galaxy, Super Psy Guy. What up? What's going on, Super Psy Guy? Oh, uh, not a whole lot this time around. Haven't had a chance to uh, read a whole lot recently outside of the one or two issues of, you know, a new X-Men or something, but... Yeah, I mean, I, I basically went backwards to go back and read Hickman's um, Fantastic Four. Um, oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. I really, I'm, I, I just really got, had a chance to read the uh, issue number one um, of that, and just you know, it's even though it's just the first issue, and he's really just laying the great the, the groundwork now um, for the overall story. It's pretty badass, you know what I'm saying, to see Doom on the last page of that. You know, it's, it's kind of badass. Plus, it's good to read it again because when you look at his new stuff um, with the X-Men, X-Men franchise, you see his format. Like, you you see how he does this his stuff. And it reminds you that he's been doing stuff like this for a while and why he is the perfect person to give this sort of project to just it's it's a phenomenal book um as far as the artwork is concerned i did not like it as much this time reading it as i did the first time for whatever reason and i don't know maybe i've been influenced by other artists since the first time i read it so i got the kind of more of a preference towards some other stuff but as i looked at it not on all the pages but there was a few times a few panels i looked at and was like this is cool, but I've seen better. But that last page with Doom, um, <laughs> that shit, that shit was dope. That shit was dope. Reed was just like, no man. And 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 the other thing, it reminded me of. I think one of these one of these episodes we talked about uh, the unstable molecules and, and all of that stuff. I completely forgot about the fact that um, Reed had advanced that technology as far as he has because uh when spider-man joined them like all he had to do was really concentrate on on what design he wanted on his suit or what color he wanted his suit to be and it would just turn into that i completely forgot that he had advanced that tech because the first time i even heard of unstable molecules it was years ago and it basically it was just to allow them to be more flexible in the suit he could do his stretchy thing without the suit ripping and tearing um they could also the suit was was also good at um energy absorption so human torch could flame on and the suit wouldn't burn the hell up and it, yo it was it was pretty dope it was pretty dope um the fact that he evolved it since then and now i am surprised more heroes and even villains for real in 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 the, in the Marvel universe don't use that tech. Yeah, that is kind of a bit of a surprise there. Cause I I mean, and then I don't he didn't keep that to us. Well, I don't know if he kept that just to you know him and and, and his other family. confidences and family and shit, but. I don't, so maybe he, maybe that could be the reason why. But I would I know one thing: <laughs> if I was a villain, I would want that. Yeah, I would absolutely want that tech. I could think of all kinds of things, applications for that. But you know, I am also not a, a Marvel uh, supervillain. 
maybe they have other things going on. <laughs> you Yet. know what I'm saying? Yet. Yet. <laughs> right. Not yeah. a Marvel supervillain yet. Yet, you know. Um, but anyway, we, we do have quite a few stories for you guys today. Um, as well as our um, main topic for the show. So let's jump right into the news. Uh, I'll let you get the first one. All right. Uh, Marvel's U.S. agent is getting a new solo series this fall. Interesting. This month, actor Wyatt Russell, who was supposed to join the MCU as John Walker, a.k.a. U.S. agent, on the Falcon and Winter Soldier TV series. Unfortunately, the series fell victim to the COVID-19 outbreak, causing a production shutdown that forced Disney Plus to uh, to delay its premiere. But Marvel has another way for casual fans to meet Russell's character. The publisher has just shared plans to launch its new U.S. Agent ongoing comic book series later this year. U.S. Agent comes from writer Christopher Priest and artist Stefano Lindini. Kicking off with the five-part American Zealot story arc, the series picks up with Walker losing his U.S. Agent status. He quickly finds work as an independent government contractor. But it isn't long before his new job brings him to a small town and throws him in the middle of its citizens' fight against a large corporation. Hmm. According to the series' logline, Walker will be getting help from a new partner along the way. However, he'll also have to endure being haunted by ghosts from his past and confronting challenges to his future. American Zealot is a morality play told in five acts, Hmm. said Priest. John Walker has been fired, or he quit depends on who's telling the story (laughs) now finding his way as a civilian government contractor walker is making more money and taking more risks as he can now venture into places sanctioned agents can't always follow however with limited official access to intelligence data that now former u.s agents missions can off can and often do lead him into blind alleys he'll need to macgyver himself out of Landini also chimed in with his own praise for Priest's storytelling. I am incredibly excited to be part of this new project dedicated to U.S. agent together with this incredible staff. Landini said, The story set up by Christopher is truly intense and full of twists. I can't wait for readers to see the incredible work we are doing with their own eyes. U.S. agent issue one hits comics and shops in November. You can check out Marco Chicado's cover for this first issue as well as Landini's design sheet for Walker's new uniform below. Will you be adding the series to your pull list when it debuts? Let us know in the comments section. Um, so I'm about to be real petty right now. I really hate his uh, 80s uh, 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 shirt that he has there with the little flap hanging off to the side. The reason why I know that's an 80s style is because I'm old. And I was around during that time, and people did have shirts like that. And yuck, <laughs> absolutely yuck. Um, but that being said, I am fairly interested in in this comic right here because every so every so often, when they introduce a, a character and they give them a little bit of time in the, in the big spotlight, you know it's because they're they're trying they're hoping it catches on. And if it doesn't, that's cool. He's in the universe, but he's not used as much. Um, I feel like U.S. Agent is like one of those characters where they they tried to give him some burn. Uh, Maybe as many people as they wanted didn't take to the character the way they wanted. 
So he's in the universe and they use him, but it's, you know, whatever. I love it because I figured out a while ago with Hercules that you can find some of the best work and stories with these sort of characters. The ones that they don't use that often. So they give them to these writers that are trying to prove themselves. And the writers do some spectacular work because the Hercules story was a lot better than I thought it was going to be. Right? It actually had me wanting to see more of that character and some of the bigger titles, which they didn't really do to the degree that I wanted. But either way, I think that um, that's why I'm kind of interested in this because I want to see what... Plus, I want to see what other... Um, uh, special guest characters end up in this book that he gets to engage with. Is this something you're going to be picking up to, uh, for, uh, as a title to read, or at least uh, check out? Probably not. <laughs> uh, like, honestly, even half like the Captain America storylines, which is just U.S. agent, but better. Right. I haven't even really been super into. Wow. Okay. So that that is so. That. So it's like I'm probably not going to pick this up. Like I might check out the first issue or two mm-hmm, just to mm-hmm. see how it goes. Right. But I just don't see myself really following this one all that much. I wonder that now we're going to see him in the Falcon and Winter Soldier show. I'm wondering if both of our level of excitement will change to fi- to read some of this stuff after we see him there. Because a lot of times I've I've picked up titles because the character was introduced in the MCU and not introduced, but they, they decided to use them and they was in the um the Marvel Universe all those years and I wasn't interested. Then they, they put him on the show and it's like, let me find out some more about this guy. To be honest, that's how I was with Deathlock. I didn't care about Deathlock until I watched uh Marvel's Agents of Shield. He was on there. I said, let me go and look and see what this dude is about. So, I don't know. I guess we'll just have to wait and see. When is the uh, Winter Soldier and and Falcon? Did they push that back till next year or something? They pushed it back. I think it's later this year. I think it only got delayed like a month. Okay. All right. That sounds good. So, I think it's like in November now or something like that. Okay. I can live with that. I'm going to have plenty to do. Oh, it says August now, so. Really? But that's not right because it's already August. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They probably did push it to November, but I'm good because I'll be playing that that goddamn um, Marvel's Avenger game all September. <laughs> so that's probably. Oh, production's expected to resume this month. Ah, so they just need to, they they're using this month to finish some of the um, the shooting. All right. Yeah, makes sense. So they're finishing. Uh, most of it is going to be produced in Atlanta, which doesn't surprise me. That's right, where a lot right. of films are Facts. dealt with now. Facts. And then uh, apparently they'll be visiting the Czech Republic for a little bit to, ah, to shoot a little. For a little so. spice. All right. Okay. Sounds good. Uh, so what's this next one? Denzel Washington eyed for Marvel villain role. Now, we have we have heard from time to time in the past little scuttlebutt about him possibly being involved or looking at whatever, um, or people basically um, suggesting him for certain characters. So let's see what this says. Uh, is that Washington reportedly odd for... What the hell is this in the way? For, for Is that familiar? I can't even see. It's got... This is one of the worst 
uh, run websites with this thing sitting here in the middle of the title. Anyway, um, Denzel Washington has long since secured legendary status as one of the greatest actors to ever grace the big screen. And even at 65 years old, I did not know he was that old. He remains one of the most consistent names in the business that rarely lends his talents to a bad movie. He also He's also one of the very few stars in the brand-focused era we live in that can sell almost any project to audiences based on his presence alone. Yeah, because he's an actual movie star. You don't have a lot of those yeah. around now. Um, Especially ones with as little baggage as he has. Facts. Facts. Because, I mean... Again, personal views aside of what he's like, mm-hmm. someone like Tom Cruise mm-hmm. can sell a movie. It, it doesn't matter what but the movie is. He, he does have some baggage. He does. Yeah, definitely <laughs> does not. No, he doesn't. And I don't know if it's because Denzel has uh, uh, purposely cult- cultivated his life around le- as less drama as possible, or he just has great people around him that keep his shit from getting out there, but whatever the reason is, kudos to him for that. Um, While the two-time Academy Award winner is no stranger to the action genre, he's never been interested in the franchise business, with the Equalizer 2 marking the first and and so far only sequel of his career. Really great two movies. Uh, Meanwhile, he's also avoided comic book movies entirely, with the exception of 2013's largely forgotten Two Guns. (laughs) <laughs> the reason I find that funny is because SBJ has been trying to get me to watch Two Guns for two years. <laughs> um, however, after previously refusing to rule out starring in a superhero blockbuster, we're now hearing that he's being eyed for a villainous role in the Mar- Marvel Cinematic Universe. While previous rumors had linked him to Magneto, from our understanding, the X-Men villain looks like he'll end up being played by Breaking Bad's Giancarlo Esposito instead. Um, as such, our sources, the same ones who told us Han would return in Fast and Furious 9 and an extraction sequel is in the works, both of which were correct, now say that Washington is instead being eyed for Diamondback. That isn't the only role he's being looked at for, but either way, Marvel are said to be keen to have the actor involved with the franchise. Of course, Diamondback previously appeared in Netflix's Luke Cage, although the character's comic book history has seen him go up against all of the Defenders at various points, as well as other heroes like Spider-Man. While it isn't clear where exactly the MCU he might turn up, if the opportunity arises for Marvel to cast the star of Denzel Washington's magnitude in any of their upcoming movies then they'd be foolish not to try and grab it with both hands. Um, the way I feel about this article is that while it is, probably it is probably absolutely a fact that they are looking at Denzel, is that something we just didn't know? Like, of course they're going to look at somebody like Denzel. They probably There's probably about 20 other actors, really good, well-known actors, that they're looking at as well. I don't know how this... Um, I don't know how this is an actual story. With the, and, look, and here's the thing. As you read through it, they, they keep giving them different characters. So it's like, 
he might be Diamondback, or he could be uh, Magneto, or like, like, come on, dude, like, is this really, did y'all really do any investigative whatever with this? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's the downside to a lot of comic book news, is because it is so heavily speculative. Facts. Until the companies outright come out and say, hey, this is what we're doing, so much of the stuff is kept under wraps. Which, you know... For the record, um, I would have loved for Denzel to be Blue Marvel. Um, yeah. I, and, and look, here's the thing. I didn't realize that Denzel was 65. I did not know that. I'm not sure how old I thought he was, but I didn't think he was 65. But every time I look at uh, Blue Marvel, he has the appearance of an older gentleman. You know what I'm saying? And oh. I feel like Denzel fits that role. And brand with especially we, now that they're opening up the cosmic set with not facts. guardians, but like with Captain Marvel and yeah. a lot of talk about moving in towards uh, like a Nova type thing because there's mm-hmm. been there's been rumors of the Nova series going on for ever. Yeah, for real. But I think we're we're probably closer to it now than ever because they decided to. Um, dive into the cosmic stuff and you know with the introduction of sword we could yeah. definitely see a blue blue marvel you know what i'm saying like I, I i would i would like to see him in that role diamondback to be honest i wasn't a a, a big fan of that character in the first place unless they're really gonna try and push like the old school serpent society type thing i could see them doing that though I can see him doing that. I In mean, which case, it makes sense. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. If they're not really going to push the Serpent Society, What's Diamondback's not a big enough villain. Yeah. To warrant someone like him, unless he's explicitly said, I only want to do one movie. Right. Why would you choose someone so minor? Obscure. And, and, and that's the thing. Like, unless Denzel himself says, I'm a huge comic book fan. I like Diamondback for whatever reason. Then all right. I do this role. It's like, yeah. okay. And yeah. But it's like generally, especially when you have an actor as good as him. Right. Why right. would you waste him on a, on a character that's fought the Defenders and Spider-Man unless you move <laughs> into the whole team thing and isn't really a big character he's a big player yeah like even with the serpent society yeah it's still a minor it's a minor role man slightly bigger but generally a minor role yeah i i I don't know how much stock we can put into that to me it doesn't make sense for for somebody to waste denzel washington that way like I, i i don't see it um but anyway what's the next one one is Marvel's creepiest on-screen villain <laughs> just became its most horrifying hero. He's such a creep. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, now it's like with the Krakoan-inspired mutant unity leading to the X-Men teaming up with some of their worst foes, one on-screen villain was bound to cross over. Warning, the following contains spoilers for Empire X-Men number two by Jerry Dugan, Ben Percy, Leigh Williams, Lucas Wernick, Nolan Woodard, and VCs Clayton Cowles on sale now. Empire and the Kotati invasion has made its way to Krakow and the X-Men's radars. Magic and her team 
uh, join up with some familiar foes. However, despite having such a powerful team, Black Tom resorts to calling in some backup for his fellow mutants. This backup comes in the form of mutant telepaths, including the Shadow King, Mm. making him the latest former villain to join forces with the X-Men on Krakoa and one of Marvel's creepiest new heroes. He's a hero. For those who don't know who the Shadow King is, Mm -hmm. he is an ancient telepathic mutant that is known for residing in the minds of people and manipulating them and... He's responsible for a lot of Storm's early childhood trauma and fear. And also responsible for teaching her how to be a thief and things like that. He's he's gone toe-to-toe with Xavier in the telepath sense and come out on top. Mm -hmm. He is a pretty heavy hitter when it comes to that kind of thing. And he is a creepazoid. Oh, yeah. (laughs) His whole thing is manipulating your fears, and he's kind of a creepy-looking dude to begin with. Right. But, yeah. While we last saw Amal Farouk and Charles Soule and and Gerardo Sandoval's Astonishing X-Men issue 12, which came before the whole House of X, Powers of X Mm -hmm. thing... Krakoan-inspired mutant unity is paved away for his return as an ally to the X-Men. However, despite joining the team, Shadow King has a long history as a villain both on page as a comic character and on screen in the FX series Legion and the 90s X-Men the Animated Series. Claiming to be a multiversal manifestation of human darkness, the Shadow King first appeared in Chris Claremont's and John Byrne's X-Men 117, which tells the story of Charles Xavier's first encounter with Storm and the Shadow King, which led him to start his school for mutants. He would battle various X-Men teams over the years before seemingly being killed by Charles Xavier's and Soul and Sandoval's astonishing X-Men. The Shadow King would go on to make an appearance in the popular 90s animated X-Men series, appearing in three episodes, starting with a retelling of his comic book origins mm-hmm. in Season 2, uh, season 2, Episode 3, Whatever It Takes, voiced by Maurice Dean Wint. He would also go on to appear in the Wolverine and the X-Men episode, Overflow. I have not seen that. Uh, I actually really liked that series. I think it was only one season, though, and they set it up for more. I just don't think it got renewed. Hmm, well, I got my uh, my um, Disney Plus thing, and I know it's on there because I saw it. Uh, so I, I might have to give it a check, check it out maybe later on. Uh, the Shadow King was the primary antagonist in FX's live-action TV series Legion, appearing as three different characters, Aubrey Plaza's Lenny Busker, Naveed Nagaban's Amal Farouk, and Dan Stevens' Yellow-Eyed Devil. <laughs> this version of the Shadow King occupies a part of Charles Xavier's son, David Haller's brain, before eventually escaping and facing off with the young mutant. Despite his villainous past, it seems that Charles Xavier and company deemed him worthy of a revival and chance to work with them. Knowing what we do about the Shadow King, his appearance on Krakoa only furthers the questions we have about the mutant's willingness to work with former foes. Interesting. So, I get what they're doing um, with, with these villains 
that they're adding into, you know, the Xmas fold. And it, it makes sense. Um, if you're talking about self-preservation of your species, whatever inner turmoil you had, there's a bigger enemy now. And you guys need to kind of come together to do something about it. Especially when that enemy has uh, some advantages with technology that has allowed them to create uh, uh, weapons just for y'all. So, you know, whatever issues you might have with the other people there, um, you know, they are what they are. You have to first survive to resolve even those. But this guy here, this guy here is a piece of shit. And I would... I'm, That's saying something. Yeah. Considering <laughs> up with Mystique. Right. Who's done. It's like everyone always talks about like how Magneto is kind oh, of a no. big bad and everything. But it's like Mystique has done some straight up questionable some shit. Some very questionable because shit. because she was bored. Facts. Magneto Facts. at least had a purpose of survival behind what right, he was. Right, right. Right. But it's like they're teaming up with Mr. Sinister. They're teaming up with Mystique. Like with Sabretooth. Apocalypse again was Well, Sabretooth not so much. Yeah, anymore. well, yeah, they true. Did, <laughs> they did kind of punish him because he broke one of Krakoa's sacred laws. And here's the thing. Who didn't know Sabretooth was gonna do that? I think everybody knew yeah, he was gonna do yeah, that. Come on. come on. That's Sabretooth. But this guy here, man, he's well, like the Disney fact that creep. they were willing to give all these people a chance and Right. Yes, extends to Shadow King. Like, listen, you can either work with us or we'll lock you up forever. And you can just be there. Um, but, you know, the other thing about that is um, as powerful as Shadow King is, Shadow King is powerful. Um, the fact that they all feel so threatened um, by the other forces around them that they would add him to that says something about. Uh, the human threat. And as Mora, she's played out a lot of this shit already and saw the results of various different decisions. She's also seen how humans evolve their tech. And it's like, it's ugly. When I saw that well, one that one scene where um, they, ma- they managed to kill Apocalypse, I was like, yeah, y'all need... Listen, <laughs> if you'd have told me beforehand... Um, that there would ever be any human tech or tactic or whatever that would take down Apocalypse, I wouldn't have believed you. That's Apocalypse. Like, that's a whole... Most humans aren't ready. You're not, <laughs> you're not ready for that. But the fact that in that scene, they did, you know, in that, that particular, that one timeline, they did do that. I was like, okay. You, know, you guys are going to need a bunch of heavy hitters. But this guy... He gives me the creeps. I'm not even gonna lie. Like everything about him gives me the fucking creeps. So yeah. that actually makes the story, I think, a little a lot more interesting. Because you know, anyone that's reading that uh, the the Hickman run, you know damn well we're all waiting for the other shoe to drop with some of these villains that they added decide to go rogue again or whatever. We it's all it's in the back of everybody's head. When are they gonna betray or when are they gonna do, you know? So, this and just adds to the tension. From a personal perspective, I see Sebastian Shaw being the Me first too. one to go. Me too. Absolutely. Because he's already, like, actively plotting against other members of the Quiet Council. Right, right. Like, it's one of the premise of the Marauders series. So. 
And you know, he's not like it would be a surprise to no one how ambitious Sebastian Shaw is. It wouldn't be a surprise to, to it shouldn't be a surprise to anybody that he would probably be the one, you know, to have some old subplot <laughs> going on over there. But um Yeah. Yeah, man, like I, this 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 makes it to me it adds to the tension of the story and it's probably going to make it a lot more provocative and a better read anyway so I'm all with it um, this next one is very interesting because we keep hearing a lot of names being attached to this character um, Shia LaBeouf was that LeBeau uh, reportedly eyed for role of Moon Knight um, and, and may debut in the X-Men reboot. Now, to let you... <laughs> this is a funny little add-on note that you put right here, but I'm going to let you get into that. <laughs> when we get to this, let me read through the article. <laughs> uh, Shia LaBeau, come on. What are you doing? This website. I... That was why I put one of those notes there. Yo. For the record, everyone who's not having to actually read this and just listen to it. Right. This website has a nauseating amount of ads on it all over the place. Yeah. Like, there, there is more ads than there is news article by, I'd say, at least triple. Jeez Louise. And this is so crazy because it's saying to me uh, to get rid of my ad blocker. <laughs> it's motherfuckers. Come on, are you shitting me? All right, all right, let me. They won't even let me uh, get to it. Uh, pause on the site. Jeez Louise, man. But it figures, though. It's the daily fail. So it figures. Sorry, yeah. um, right, so it says Shia LaBeouf reportedly eyed to play Moon Knight in Marvel Studios' new X-Men reboot. Shia LaBeouf, <laughs> LaBeouf may be heading towards a role in the Marvel Cinematic Universe if, if a new rumor is proven to be true. The 34-year-old actor who is coming off of his role in director David Ayer's controversial film The Tax Collector is reportedly being considered by Marvel Studios to play Moon Knight from the Marvel comics. The character will be used in the Marvel Cinematic Universe's upcoming X-Men reboot, according to an unconfirmed report from We Got It Covered, which is a website we just came from that has far less ads. This is ridiculous. Um, oh my God. Yo, it's, uh, it's, it, this is appalling. Yeah. Um, the report reveals that Shire is still being considered by Marvel Studios, though he's reportedly not one of their top choices anymore. There is no indication yet who the studio's top choice to portray Moon Knight or if the character is even confirmed for the X-Men reboot. Moon Knight debuted in Marvel Comics and Werewolf by Night, issue 32, which was published in August 1975. The character was created by Doug Monick and Don Perlin, who has often drawn comparisons to DC's Batman. Both characters are eccentric billionaires who use their wealth to fund their crime-fighting activities and pay for their high-tech equipment. Unlike Batman, though, Moon Knight has actual superhuman abilities. Drawing his power from the strength of the moon, such as super strength, 
and endurance. The character born Mark Spector also created several different alternate identities, such as the billionaire persona Stephen Grant and the lowly cab driver Jake Lockley, which keeps him tied to the streets and crime elements he's fighting. He has been a member of several different superhero groups, such as the Avengers, Secret Avengers, West Coast Avengers, Marvel Knights, and Heroes for Hire. There is no indication how many of these multiple identities will be featured in this X-Men movie reboot project. LeBeau is coming off of David Ayer's The Tax Collector, which was released last week, and two movies from last year, Honey Boy and The Peanut Falcon. He also has Pieces of a Woman that is currently in post-production, where he stars along Sarah Snook and Vanessa Kirby. The actor is also attached to star and Don't Worry, Darling, Don't Worry Darling, from director Olivia Wilde. These ads are so fucking distracting. Who also stars yeah. with Florence Pugh, Chris Pine, and Dakota Johnson. Dude, and, go in. Yeah. Go in. <laughs> go in. Okay. So, my biggest problem with this is, one, we've already got a confirmed yep. Moon Knight TV series going on. Yep. And two, he has very little association with mutants. Facts. And no association with the X-Men. Facts. He has interacted with Beast and Wolverine on a couple of Avengers teams. Mm -hmm. And that's really about his extent of dealing with mutants as a whole. Right. Why the hell would you debut him in an X-Men reboot? It makes zero sense. And that is probably one of the biggest red flags that they got it wrong. Like, they yeah, got it wrong. Like, it makes zero sense. Not only that, but again, we've already got a confirmation on a Moon Knight TV series. Right. Which would imply it's coming sooner rather than later. Whereas X-Men, they've basically said you're looking at phase five. Right. So we got a while to go before we see any X-Men movies. Yeah, that's the thing where it's like, I don't see how he's going to debut in an X-Men project before that series, given the information that we do know right now. Right. Unless Marvel's done like a complete 180 and they're being they're telling Fage, hey, get X Men out as soon as possible, <laughs> which I highly doubt. Highly doubt. <laughs> Part of the reason uh, Disney replaced the former Marvel CEO was because Fage was be- having too many constraints put on him. Facts. And he wasn't allowed to tell his story. And they're like, no, we'd rather keep you than him and replace the Marvel CEO. Facts and give you the money. So with that in mind, I highly doubt they're doing a 180 and saying, hey, no, who cares about your story? We need this out now and then try and work something else into it. Right. I don't know, man. Like I said, that's a red flag to me. Um there is there was very little connection between Moon Knight and the X-Men franchise. It makes no sense to debut him in any of those movies. And yeah, somebody could make the argument, what if they try something different this time? Sure. But it's just highly unlikely they would do that. It just is, you know? And yeah. he may have 
certain um, familiar aspects about his character with Batman. But he, let's call a spade a spade. He is a, most certainly not a Bruce Wayne. That's not what he is. You know, so no. they could give him his own fucking movie and not worry about any of those comparisons because when they do the character development stuff, it will instantly toss out any thoughts of this guy being a Batman clone type thing. There's there's a handful of things that would be valid comparisons to Batman, mm-hmm, and they're mm-hmm. not exactly things that are unique to Batman. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Secret identities. Well, I mean, oh, come no. on. <laughs> Let's not even touch that one, but right. most heroes have a secret identity. identity. Come on. That's not They're crazy. wealthy. Okay, less heroes are independently <laughs> wealthy, but <laughs> it's still a fairly common trope. Yeah. And it's like... And the other big thing is they, they run heavily with their big theme, and their theme happens to be more night-related. Yeah. Yeah. And that's where it's like, okay, there is a much closer comparison there. Right. Given, like, the moon and then bats. But, again, it's not exactly the stablest foundation of the comparison. Right, right, right. Because, right. like, even if you go heavily with the theme, look at Green Arrow. Facts. the Arrow Cave. <laughs> like, if that's not straight up, I'm trying to be Batman- the, I don't the, the know green, what is. Bat, the green Batman. <laughs> yeah. I yeah, have the arrow cave, guys. Don't worry. Why wouldn't you? You know what? Harlequin was right in, in, in Justice. Why would you not call it the quiver? Why would you not call it the quiver? Come on, man. It's right there. Come on. It names itself. Like, oh, yeah. What the hell? Um. <laughs> Okay. The Arrow We actually have a list of every confirmed character for MCU Phase 4. That's crazy. So, not all though not all of them have confirmed actors or actresses. Right. But so, we know who we're going to see. Yeah, Phase 4 of the Marvel Cinematic Universe will introduce several new characters. Here's every confirmed new character from Miss Marvel to Shang-Chi. Jeez. And it's like, the Marvel Cinematic Universe's Phase 4 will introduce dozens of new characters, and here's everyone that is confirmed so far. So there could be more being added on. Right. Now that the Infinity Saga is over, MCU will receive a bit of a facelift in Phase 4. The days of Iron Man, played by Robert Downey Jr., and Captain America, played by Chris Evans, leading the cinematic universe, are gone. Hmm. And their absences open the door for other characters to become prominent players. Over the last few years, Marvel Studios has announced the full Phase 4 slate, which is believed to now encompass all films and Disney Plus shows released between Black Widow and Captain Marvel 2. Many of the theatrical titles will see familiar faces return to star, with Black Widow, Scarlett Johansson, Spider-Man's Tom Holland, Thor's Chris Hemsworth, Doctor Strange's Benedict Cumberbatch, Black Panther's Chadwick Boseman, and Captain Marvel's Brie Larson leading solo movies. Mm-hmm. Disney Plus will also provide the likes of Scarlet Witch, uh, led by Elizabeth Olsen, Falcon's Anthony Mackie, Loki's Tom Hiddleston and Hawkeye's Jeremy Renner. 
the chance to have starring roles after multiple appearances as supporting characters. Uh, the MCU's ability to lose some of their biggest heroes and still have a plethora of stars uh, comes from the expansive nature of the franchise and its ability to con- constantly introduce new characters. Thanks. Unsurprisingly, this will continue in Phase 4 as Marvel has plans to release at least 8 movies and 7 Disney Plus TV shows. There are even more properties and new characters rumored or expected to make an appearance during the next few years. But here's a complete list of all the confirmed characters and actors. Hmm. Ajax, the leader of the Eternals. She will be played by Selma Hayek in Eternals. Alexei Shostakov, a.k.a. Red Guardian, Russia's answer to Captain America. He will be played by David Harbour in Black Widow. Dane Whitman, a.k.a. the Black Knight, an adventurer powered by the Ebony Blade. He will be played by Kit Harington in Eternals. A lot of these are Eternals because this is a rather large ensemble yeah. team rather than anything else. So, Druig, a powerful Eternal who is traditionally a villain in the comics. He will be played by Barry Kogan in Eternals. Eric Brooks, a.k.a. Blade, the Daywalker vampire hunter previously brought to the big screen by Wesley Snipes. Marishala Ali will play him in Blade. Looking forward to and that. I am for that, am given his appearance is Cottonmouth absolutely yeah, killing. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it a lot. Gilgamesh, an incredibly strong Eternal and skilled fighter. He will be played by Don Lee in Eternals. Icarus, one of the main Eternals in the comics who has powers of flight and cosmic energy projection. He will be played by Richard Madden in Eternals. Jennifer Walters, a.k.a. She-Hulk, the super-powered cousin of Bruce Banner. Marvel has yet to cast an actress to play her in the She-Hulk Disney Plus series. John Walker, a.k.a. U.S. Agent, government's answer to replacing Captain America. He will be played by Wyatt Russell in The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Kamala Khan, a.k.a. Miss Marvel, an inhuman with the power to change the size of her body, who is, Cap- who is a Captain Marvel superfan. Marvel has yet to cast an actress to play her in Miss Marvel. Kate Bishop, the trainee and protege of Clint Barton and successor of the Hawkeye Mantle. Haley Steinfeld is reportedly the frontrunner to play her in Hawkeye, but hasn't officially been cast. Kingo, an eternal masquerading as a Bollywood star. <laughs> he will be played by Kumail Nanjiani in Eternals. <laughs> Crow, the leader of the Deviants, Marvel has yet to cast an actor to play him in Eternals. Lady Loki, the female version of the God of Mischief, she will be played by Sophia D. Martino That's gonna be in Loki. Makari, a deaf Eternal with super speed, she will be played by Lauren Ridloff in Eternals. Mandarin, the leader of the Ten Rings organization, he will be played by Tony Lung in Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. <clears throat> Mark Spector, a.k.a. Moon Knight A possibly schizophrenic man who believes he has powers from the moon god Khonshu Marvel has yet to cast an actor to play him Mason, a possible love interest for Natasha Romanov He will be played by... I have no idea how to pronounce that <laughs> I feel like I will end up offending many people if I try <laughs> But he is cast Word. In Black Widow. 
where Molina Vostikov, aka Iron Maiden, another graduate of the Red Room program. She will be played by Rachel Weiss in Black Widow. Fastos, an openly gay member of the Eternals. He will be played by Brian Tyree Henry in Eternals. Question. What's up? Why would they refer to Fastos as an open, openly gay? It would seem to me that the Eternals, being as old as they are, and just, like, they wouldn't give a fuck about none of that. Like, you, like The what? Eternals might not, but I mean, let's be honest. This is going to be the first openly gay superhero uh, cast. That's a good point. Can... That's a good point. That's so it's point. it's probably not that Marvel's advertising them as openly gay, mm-hmm. but more just the site being like, hey, this is the an openly gay character. Right, right, right. Right. It's fair point. Because it's not something that's we haven't really seen a gay superhero yet. That's true. So that's, that's probably why they're saying that, like, hey, this is what's going on with this. Right. And there was a lot of rumors that it would be Hercules who would appear in Eternals, but it's, we're not really seeing anything about Hercules yet. Kind of, uh... And Hercules is, even in the comics, has always kind of gone both ways. Yeah, I mean, in in, in mythology... He, he's a lover. He's a lover. Yeah. It doesn't really matter what gender you are. He's a lover. Yeah, I mean, um, his, uh... You, you have several different um, depictions of him in any of the ancient stories with in some stories saying that Eolus was his nephew, and in some saying it was a he was a love entrance. So that's not yeah. nothing. That's nothing new either. But yeah, uh, Cersei, an Eternal who has telepathic and telekinetic abilities, she will be played by Gemma Chan in Eternals. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Shang Chi, a skilled fighter who is also known as the master of kung fu, he will be played by uh, Simu Liu in Shang-Chi in The Legend of the Ten Rings. Sprite, a trickster eternal who is unable to age beyond her child form. She will be played by Leah McHugh in Eternals. Taskmaster, a villain who can mirror any fighting ability. The identity of the actor or actress playing the character has not been revealed, which is impressive given that the movie's coming out in a couple months. Yeah, they did pretty good with the hush hush. With they you. have yet to reveal who's playing that role. It's pretty well, well done. Well done. Athena, one of the Eternals' finest warriors, she will be played by Angelina Jolie in Eternals. Huh. Yelena Belova, a sister to Natasha and fellow Red Room trainee, she will be played by Florence Pugh in Black Widow. And that's saying something because. Yelena Belova has also taken up the mantle of Black Widow in the past. Right, right. So we might see her um, at some point join up with the Avengers um, for, you know, to take on some big bad, whoever that big bad is going to be um, coming up. Or more more often, he's actually been against the Avengers. Facts, facts. She might start out that way. Unlike Natasha, she's still loyal to Russia and loyal to the Red Room program. Right. At least in the comics. Right. And then below, they have a whole bunch of actors who have been confirmed for movies. Confirmed. But with no, but with no roles confirmed. Ah, okay. This includes uh, rapper Aquafina, who will appear in Shang-Chi and the Legend of Ten Rings. Mm-hmm. 
It's rumored she'll play Shang-Chi's sister. But we but don't know. We don't know. We have no idea. You also have Rosalind Chow, Michelle Yao, Florian Montanu, Fala Chen, who also have roles in Shang-Chi that mm-hmm. we don't know what they are. Right, right. And then it was also confirmed by Marvel that Catherine Hahn has a role in WandaVision. And Evan Peters has been linked to the show as well. Carl Lumbly, Desmond Shyam, and Mika Ishikawa have mystery roles in The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. And Lumbly was believed to be uh, possibly playing... Oh, I forget what his actual name me is, too, but uh, too, the Black Captain America. And, and we're not talking Falcon. Nope. nope. We're talking... Uh, oh, Isaiah Bradley. Yeah, that's it. That's it. And it's weird because as much as it's always said to be the original Captain America, he actually did come after Steve Rogers. Yes, I don't get that and either. He was, he was there. It was just when Steve Rogers went down in World War II, he was the first one to sort of take up the mantle of Captain America. Right. In the streets. So I guess around. So I guess they're saying it's like original in the sense that like Captain America never took up the mantle of Captain America in America. Right. Was he was fighting Germany. overseas in Germany. Yeah, that's the, that's the true. So So that might be why they've always said that, but he did he was he happened like fifteen years after Cap died. Right. And then there's also been additional cast members for Loki having been confirmed, including Owen Wilson, Mathara, and Richard E. Grant. Wilson appears to have associated with the Time Variance Authority based on set photos, ah. while the other two have yet to been seen. So, like, these are all guys who have confirmed roles, but we just don't know what those roles are right. yet. Right. Interesting. Interesting. Well, I guess we're just going to have to wait and see where, where they're going to land some of these people as far as roles, it is kind of cool to know, you know, have this list, even though it's not a complete one yet, because they're still casting people, but it's good to know. Um, so let's see the next story. Xbox fans to boycott Marvel's Avengers of Spider-Man PS4 exclusive. Well, Xbox has no current exclusive. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, yeah, I, I definitely feel their pain with that a bit. So it says um, X, Xbox community pushes to boycott Marvel's Avengers over its PS4 exclusive content. Spider-Man's PS4 exclusivity in Marvel's Avengers has resulted in a huge backlash against the game, especially from the Xbox community. All right, let's uh, dig into the meat of the story, if you will. Recently, Sony and Square Enix officially revealed that Spider-Man will only be available in the PS4 edition of Marvel's Avengers as a new playable character. While it might sound great for PS4 owners, the news caused a huge backlash against Crystal Dynamics and Square Enix for offering less content on Xbox One and PC for the same price as the PS4 version of the game. Let me just say this. I feel their pain with that, but let's not act like that's something that's new. They kind of, they do this. I mean, one of the games I can kind of remember doing this Mm -hmm. was, uh, 
think it was the last Soul Calibur game. But what they did was they gave PS4 one exclusive character, and right. then they gave Xbox a Another, different yeah, exclusive that's true. character. It's very true. And this one, they're only giving PlayStation an exclusive character. And see, the, the issue too is. Spider-Man's a big character. We talked about this on episode. Spider-Man's a big character, man. Like, he's yeah. probably the best-selling as far as merchandise superhero on the planet. It just seems odd. If you, and, I, you know, I can see if you did. Not only that, but we're entering the age of crossplay. Facts. Like there Facts. is quite a few games. Like they've had the technology for crossplay for, for years. years. Yeah, yeah. And there's some games that have utilized it where it's like between PlayStation and Xbox. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, there's quite a few more games between Xbox and PC. And, but they've been moving in towards games that are crossplay between Xbox, PC, and PlayStation. Right. And moving as we move towards that, I have a feeling we're going to see less exclusives. Agreed. Watching a move like this just seems very counterintuitive when you're releasing it on three platforms. Yeah, man. Especially going into the age of crossplay. Yeah, it's... I don't know, man. I, I, I really think they didn't... Um, they didn't take the temperature of the room before they decided, made this decision. So, um, according to a recent post on Reddit, which has already been upvoted by over 14,000 users... The Xbox community believes that the PS4 exclusivity of Spider-Man's content and Marvel's Avengers is an unforgivable disrespect as they will pay the same price but receive less content. In order to demonstrate this anger over Square Enix's exclusivity deal with PlayStation, the Xbox players consider boycotting the game, which simply means that they wouldn't buy it until the publisher offers the same content with the same price on on the PC and Xbox, same as PS4. For the record... I've already pre-ordered this game, so I'm going to play the game whether Spider-Man's in it or not. And being that he is not the same, you, you bought it on PC, right? Yeah, I bought it on PC, and and, and it's saying as though he's not to do that too. Yeah, like he's not um, the same Spider-Man version that's in the game, the Marvel Spider-Man game. I'm not as upset as maybe some of these guys, um, but. As I, like, as I brought I, up on the last the show, you know? I want them all. Like you want them all, um, and I don't also. Th- I also don't think he's going to be exclusive forever. Anywhere, I don't believe that. I just think it sucks because you know we're getting you know a limited character base from off the jump. I think that's kind of you know it's kind of whack. Um, let's see. It continues. Um, this is the actual uh, Reddit post. Let's boycott Avengers. First of all, I want to clear up that this isn't a cry of fanboyism. Uh, first of all, let me clear that it can be both. And you're not wrong. <laughs> all right. This is about consumers standing up for themselves. With the official confirmation that Spider-Man will be available in the new Avengers game, but only for PS4 owners, I can't help but feel as if I'm being scammed. This isn't a PlayStation exclusive, but a multi-platform game sold to us at the same full price, but with less content. We are playing the same. We are paying the same price for less. We are consumers. We have the ability to be heard with the power of our wallets. Have some self-respect and refuse to be treated as a second-class customer. Don't buy this 
game. Since its official announcement at E3 2019, Marvel's Avenger, Avengers has received many criticisms from fans so far. At first, the fans reacted to the game's character design, which doesn't seem to get any changes to satisfy its community. Then, a uh, point of order about that for a second. <clears throat> yeah, yes and no, because they also said that there would be uh, various different um, uh, costumes and, and skins for these characters. So, yeah, your, your your vanilla costumes might not be to your liking, but as you continue to play the game, you unlock the other um, costumes. And I'm, I'm actually good with that because at first I was looking at Thor like he was crazy with that outfit on. But, you know, it is what it is. Um, then the game was critiqued for focusing too much on Kamala Khan rather than the other popular superheroes who are the main members of the Avengers team. And now, Spider-Man exclusivity has ignited the negative reaction against the game once again. Square Enix and Crystal Dynamics haven't reacted to the criticism yet, and I don't expect any changes in their plans as it seems like a done deal between Sony and the publisher between Marvel, behind Marvel's Avengers. Marvel's Avengers is set to be released on PS4, Xbox One, and PC on September 4th. The game will feature Iron Man, Black Widow, Hulk, Captain America, Thor, and Kamala Khan as the main playable characters at launch, with Hawkeye and Spider-Man joining the roster at a later date. Also, um, uh, last week, they were running the beta on PS4, and the PC version will get the beta, I think Xbox 2, um, last week. The PS4, excuse uh, me, the PC. I think X yeah, Xbox gets it, got it last week, I think. Yeah, PC. I think they got it last week, too. And PC gets it this week, uh, on Friday. So yeah, I'm I'm despite all of the backlash and my um feelings about all the shit, I'm going to be playing the game. I mean, that's just what's gonna happen. But I certainly feel their pain with that because it's like Spider Man is not he's not some dinky little character that you decided to slide in. Nah, B like Spider Man's a big deal. They, for for a long time he was the flagship character of Marvel. Where even on comic books where he wasn't in, <laughs> they would have his face up in the corner of the comic book. You know what I'm saying? Like, it just it doesn't it's just not it's not cool. It's not cool. And it's like you said, uh, Saga, we're moving into the era of the cross platform, and gaming is all the better for it. This just seems like a tone deaf decision, you know and. They they're getting un, they're getting unnecessary backlash like stuff that they wouldn't have gotten if they had just, like I don't know how this serves them I really don't but I guess it is what it is. What's the next story? Uh, next up is James Gunn's ideal X Men roster is the MCU movie we want to see. <laughs> uh, James Gunn revealed the five mutants he wants on his ideal X Men team roster. Hmm. So, he's revealed the mutants he wants on his X-Men team roster. His selection came in response to the hashtag My5XMen that comic artist Gail Simone launched recently, asking fans to pick their five favorite choices for an X-Men team. Hmm. Does dupe count? Ass. Gun wrote on Twitter. Ass. If so, if so <clears throat> it's dupe, Phantom X, Kitty Pride, Storm, and Wolverine. So The I'm filmmaker was also... I'm going to say, I'm going to say, Dupe's place on this team saying, if Dupe doesn't count, I don't want to play this game. So here's the thing. Um, 
I'm going to say no to dupe. Just no. <laughs> All right. But these <laughs> other uh, characters, it's not bad. Phantom X is not a bad choice. No. Not a bad I'm choice. A fan of Phantom X. Yeah, you know, like, it's not a bad choice. But, but dupe, no. <laughs> you may continue. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's like Kitty Pride, Storm, and Wolverine are all already familiar to non-comic book audiences since they have all appeared in the live-action X-Men movies over the years where they were played by Ellen Page, Halle Berry, and Hugh Jackman, respectively. Mm -hmm. On the other hand, Phantom X and Dupe have yet to make their big-screen debuts. (laughs) Phantom X is a product of the Weapon Plus program, the super soldier program responsible for giving uh, Wolverine, Luke Cage, Captain America, Deadpool, and others their powers. He has displayed a range of abilities over the years, including illusion casting, computer augmented brain power, and enhanced weapons training. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, Dupe is a green, non-human floating creature whose origins are mostly shrouded in mystery. <laughs> Captain America claims that Dupe was created by the U.S. to be an offensive weapon against Russia during the Cold War. His abilities often seem to appear and vanish in according, uh, according to the demands of the plot ranging from super strength to teleportation to to, uh, near omniscience. James Gunn is currently directing the Suicide Squad for Warner Brothers and DC. He will also return to direct Guardians of the Galaxy 3 for Marvel Studios. Uh, can we be honest for a second? You're not a fan of Dupe. We got it. (laughs) Dupe, Dupe is Slimer. Come on, let's not act like he's not that he's not Slimer from Ghostbusters. Let's not, let's not pretend that that is not Slimer. That is clearly Slimer. Like, and how is that not a good X-Men? <laughs> Dupe. Look, man. Like, there is less useful X-Men. Oh, now that's team. a fact. That's a fact. But I would have gone for um, Mimic. Give, give us Mimic. Like, maybe maybe he's too close to Mystique in, in, in power set or whatever, so they want to do the butt. Come on. Let's leave Dupe out of this. Let's let him have a um a cameo appearance. <laughs> he can do that. Have a cameo well, You don't appearance. want him on the main five? <laughs> Absolutely not. Under no circumstances do I want him on there. Um, <laughs> but, all right, good shit. We are at our main topic, and I'm extra excited about this, and you should be too, because we kind of talked about it with the Xbox fans, boycott, and all that, you know, uh, superheroes and gaming, and they have a long storied history in gaming. I mean, it goes back as far as, from what I can remember, Atari 2600, where you had the Spider-Man game, and you had Superman games, and you had... Some really cheesy uh, Batman games. <laughs> All of these See, the different games. The fact that you're talking about the Atari is just... <laughs> wow. I'm just saying. Because they have you couldn't been even recognize the characters. You wouldn't. They look like... It, it was like a red block <laughs> on a blue block. And that was Spider-Man. That was Spider-Man. <laughs> Dude. It, but you know what? I'm going to tell you something, man. Like Back then, you had to really have an imagination. Because... You're gonna need it. Like the, the the graphics weren't going to bring you there. This we're talking about an era where the artwork on the video game case looked better than the graphics in game. 
you know. So it's been around for a while. And over time, they have evolved with the technology and they have represented some really dope games. And we kind of want to talk about some of our favorite ones. Um, so I see you on the list. Uh, Marvel Spider-Man. That's the recent. That's the recent yeah. game. I would I argue. For exclusive game. <laughs> I would argue the greatest single character superhero character video game ever made and oh hands down yeah and it has competition i love the the um, wolverine game that coincide with the movie the game was better than the movie so oh, the wolverine origins yeah game. the game was dope and it was better than is better than the movie um but marvel spider-man like there's something cathartic about swinging from rooftops and jumping over, across rooftops and through the city um, in that game, like they completely mastered the web swinging to the point where you f- you feel like you're Spider-Man. And I haven't even talked about the fighting mechanic, um, all the gadgets, you all can the gadget man, and then the city itself feels surprisingly alive. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, I expected a lot less. And there's a few great Easter eggs. Right. Right. Like, if you go to the far, one of the far harbors or whatever, mm-hmm, if mm-hmm. you go into the boat, you see the blockhead people. And they purposely put them in <laughs> as blockhead. Yes. As a reference to the Spider Man PS2 game. Yep. Yep. And it's like the same graphics and like the boat they're on is the current graphics, the water's all the current <laughs> graphics, everything even their body, everything except their head Heads. is the current yep. graphics and yep. the head is like the Spider-Man <laughs> PS2 graphics. It is. And I'm like, man, this is the greatest thing ever. Greatest dude, as a comic book geek, swinging past uh Bletcher Street and seeing Doctor Strange's house right there. Yeah, dude. Like when I found that, when I played playing the game and found that, I was geeking out, going past the um the UN and seeing the Wakandan flag. Of the, you know, little stuff like well, the this. The fact that it's set in a bit more modern time, so you go to the graveyard to visit Uncle Ben and just take a selfie with his Facts. 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 Dude, even if you, it's an alley, it's an alleyway um that you can find uh, in the city. That when you look up on the wall, you see graffiti art of the, oh, car, yeah. the tombstones name. <laughs> like, oh like, yeah, there's a, there's a few graffiti art ones. It's crazy. I think there's also one of like Scorpion somewhere as well. Yeah, yeah, yep. It's it's dope, man. It, it's I don't know, man. Like like I said, um, it's the greatest single character superhero game that I've ever played. Um, yeah it is um ultimate alliance one two and three now unfortunately i have not played three um i have my uh my roommate and i had borrowed it from a friend's son mm-hmm. we're like listen we're just gonna borrow this he has like a playstation xbox and stuff so he was cool with it right we're like we're just gonna borrow this we're gonna buy this game and when we're done playing it the game's yours too right 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 so we we borrowed his switch just to play the third one and it, it was 
it was good. Like the only thing that makes me sad about it is the fact that it is a Switch exclusive when the first two like the yeah. first one was PlayStation and PC before it ultimately got canceled on PC because it was uh the people who released it on PC was like a third party developer and there was a contract issue and it got pulled from there afterwards. Right. Right. But if you got it on PC already, you were already had it. And then number two was, I believe, PC, Xbox, and PlayStation. So the fact that this one is just Switch only kind of, kind of made me a little sad. Yeah, and again, I had issues with it being exclusive to Switch myself. I was like, come on, man! Like, this was a big game. It has a big fan base. Everyone's not going to buy a Switch. Just give us the fucking game. <laughs> like, give us. But the fucking it, game. it was good, and it'll. Like, a lot of the characters you were able to just unlock by playing the game. There, right. There is some DLC characters, don't mm-hmm. get me wrong. Mm-hmm. And I, I bought the DLC pass for that game still. Right. right. Because, like, some of the DLC characters included Punisher, Morbius, Blade, Moon Knight, uh, the Fantastic Four. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which, unfortunately, we ended up returning it, like, a couple days before the Fantastic Four one came out, which right. sort of sucked, but right. And then, like, there was also the X Men pack, I believe. So you had like, you were able to get like Iceman, mm-hmm. and there's already a few X Men who were playable characters. Plus, it had like free DLC for Colossus and Cyclops. Right, right. And then you, like, a lot of the stuff you were able to do, you were able to get like alternate costumes that you didn't have to buy with real money. It was all stuff you could unlock in game for alternate costumes. They don't provide anything extra. They just, it's a new costume variant. If you wanted it, right. It's like one of the Luke cage ones was the fact that you could get the, the disco suit, the Afro (laughs) disco suit. Same with blade. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Like moon, moon Knight, You were able to get his, uh, his secret Avengers costume, which was like the black and blue one rather than the white on white. Yeah. It's like, yeah, you were able to find all these extra costumes. They had like the ultimate universe Thor as an alternate costume, Oh, that's- but the storyline itself was really good. And then they set it up. So there's a whole bunch of synergies with a lot of people. Right. It's like, if you have storm, she could create a whirlwind. And then if you had Iceman, if you shot like, an ice blast into it the storm would become like an ice storm and it would start slowing everybody and dealing ice damage elemental damage because there is different types of damage like there's shock fire ice and then there's just elemental as a whole which sort of boosted all of them there's like physical so yeah it would actually cause it to do from like just sort of like a physical damage to ice damage and cause a slow or if you uh shot lightning at it with storm afterwards mm-hmm. it would start doing shooting sparks everywhere right and become like an aoe electrical damage like there was a lot of synergies like that you could have wolverine and spider-man have a couple of them where wolverine goes into a berserker blade like rage type thing and mm-hmm. then uh spider-man shoots webs out and it would sort of cause it to hit other people oh that's dope that's dope i um me i for me i felt like 
after I had played um, X-Men Legends and I saw how really detailed they could get into the lore, that's really what I wanted. So I felt like, to me, the video game stories just felt like an extension or alternate universe version, whatever, of the comic book stories that I was reading. And I was really into them. And, you know, it just seems to me like I felt cheated that we didn't get our hands on um, on the, uh, the Switch uh, Ultimate, especially since it's the third one. It's part of a sequel, you know. And I have the other two, but I couldn't get that. Um, Marvel Heroes. But hold on. Before I go to Marvel Heroes. I was going to say... You we started need to dive back into X Men Legends. Let's just listen. <laughs> X Men Legends was the first of its kind. It was an action RPG, and it gave you it had a, it had an isometric uh, uh, viewpoint vantage point for the game, but you could explore anything that was in that stage. You could explore. So there was literally the X Mansion. You could go in every part of the X Mansion including downstairs, including out to the, the surrounding grounds. And it was so much lore, so much story packed in that. And that itself would have had me into it. But the fact that it was an action RPG where your character, you con- con- consistently um, evolved your character and their powers. Um, and then when you had these events take place where you had to fight Sentinels, Magneto, whoever, it wasn't turn-based like a lot of RPGs were back then where you literally just put in the move you want them to do and it takes the time and the people in your crew. No, absolutely not. You could control your character the same way you would control them in any action game and they had all of their powers, well, a large percentage of their powers, and on top of that, your team, you had a team of four X-Men that you could switch on the fly. So you put you put together any of the teams you want, and just like with Marvel Ultimate Alliance, even though this game was older than that, um, that's where the, the Alliance thing, uh, you know, got its kind of its uh, uh, its uh, motivation and inspiration from. And each one of these characters, they constantly evolved, constantly evolved, got better, got stronger, could do more things. And the story was epic. De- Listen, it was so much lore in here that they even had, uh, you, you could consult the computer for more lore about, oh. it, yeah, it was it was insane, an insane amount of content. An insane amount of content. And after playing that game, the first one, and the second one, that's kind of what I wanted. I felt like... Um, all superhero games should be have RPG elements. It just makes sense to me. It lends itself well to it. It's like, well, there, there's two types. Like, RPG elements works really well, and I feel like that's why Spider-Man did so well. Agreed. X-Men Legends did well. Like, mm-hmm. Ultimate Alliance was really well done as well. Mm-hmm. Even the first two. Yes. The third one took, like, a lot of the good things from that and expanded on it right, so well. Right, right, right. But there is another style of superhero game that also works really well. And that is your straight-up fighters. Yes, absolutely. So, like, we can look at a Marvel versus Capcom. Like, pick any of the Marvel versus Capcom games. All facts. And it lends itself so well to that because you get 
these iconic characters, you get their moves, and it's just a fighting game. It's an all-out brawler. It's all-out brawl. Crap out of each other. Yep. And you. And, and it's just too good. <laughs> it's too good. Oh yeah. No, I like I recently got a Ultimate Marvel versus Capcom on PC because it was on sale for like seven bucks or something like that. Right. So I ended up grabbing that, and I've played it a few times. Like I remember playing that game mm-hmm. at the corner store when I was younger. Mm-hmm. As a fucking arcade game. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Or not not this specific one, but like the one right before. Yeah, the, the one that introduced that whole thing. Because you had the X-Men game that was before that. Yeah. And then, well, there, then they did Yeah, there's the X-Men versus Street Fighter mm-hmm, or whatever it was. Mm-hmm, and then mm-hmm. there's, there's been like five or six Marvel versus Capcoms, and most of them have been on arcade as well. Yep, yep. And I remember just like, man, this is so great. I am not good at the game, but I love playing. <laughs> you know, you know why I think those games are so successful too, because you'll find, for those of you that are not into or just getting into the comic book uh, fan community, you're probably starting to see this yourself. But there is a lot of conversations about what character can beat what character. It's a lot of that going on, and with these games, you kind of get to play it out. Um, and it makes for, I'm telling you, the competition between me and, and my brother Napalm when it comes to these games, it's all based on, you know, the, our favorite characters in the books. So we would typically fight each other using our favorite characters that we argue about all the time about which one could beat which one. And we get to play it out in the game. And I think that's another reason why these games are so successful, man, because, like, people want to see, uh, 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 Batman fight Superman or, or, or Wonder Woman fight Supergirl or you know people want to see that and getting to play it out in the game where you get to control the characters like it's just I don't know man it's something yeah. really cathartic about that too and I've been playing a lot of Injustice lately Injustice 2 rather a oh, lot yeah. of that lately just because they got you know the whole multi-world um, uh, part of it the multi-universal part of it, where you go to the different alternate universe planets and they have a little scenario that you go in there with and it's it's fun it's fun as fuck to play man it absolutely now, is I'll, I'll give injustice this mm-hmm. like as much as i love like the marvel vs. capcom stuff yeah storyline leaves a lot to a be lot to be designed <laughs> the injustice games mm. they do so well on a storyline basis facts facts like the storyline for the first Injustice was so well done that it spawned a, a comic, comic book series. Yep, yep, yep. Really, which dope. was like the five years leading up to Injustice. Right, right. And like it, it sort it starts showing like how Superman goes crazy when Joker sets off a nuke in Metropolis and he saved. They managed to save everyone. But a pregnant Lois Lane. Yeah, it's pretty bad. It's pretty bad. And the thing is, like you said, the game spawned the series. And it was a dope series. And I feel like anything outside of the really comic well book, um, anything outside of comic book, like, like, like uh, platform, that sparks new good comics, I'm with it. Like I'm all yeah. with it, you know? It's really, really, really like, well done. And like... No- Two sort of carries off from there. Like it's such a, it's a well done game. That's all there is to it. And 
You know what's great like, about the that graphics game? are good. The I was just about to mention that. I was just about to mention that. The fa- the graphics were good in the first Injustice game. And then cuz I have both on my computer. And then when you jump up to Injustice 2, it's like a fresh new coat of paint. But I found that both stories were very satisfying. <laughs> like it was very satisfying, man. Like but it's also the fact that you get all these little character interactions and like these little one-liners that they say only when they're playing against certain, certain characters. Yeah, characters. yeah, yeah, yeah. You get to see the nature of their relationships in the comic books kind of played out in the game right before they, they fight. Sometimes in the middle of the fight, um, I've heard uh, Superman say certain things to Batman. You know, when the when you finish a round off and Superman wins that sometimes he'll say something that's exclusive to Batman, you know? And it's like, it just adds that extra bit of immersion to it. And speaking of immersion, and also of heartbreak. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Marvel Heroes. Listen, man. I I had that game. I played it um, when it was just running the beta on PC. Yeah, same. Because you were the one who actually got me on that one. Yeah. And to be honest with you, what turned me off at first was the fact that, you know, you would look on the screen and there'd be 10 Wolverines, 10 Storms, and there's something about that that rubbed me the wrong way at first. So while I had it on on my computer, I went and got it, I didn't play it as much in the beginning. And then one day I got a little tired of DC Universe Online, and, you know, it was just one of the things where DC Universe piqued my interest more initially because you could create your own characters. But then I, as, yeah. as I played the game, I said to myself, it would be dope to play as Superman on here, or Batman, or Wonder Woman. It'd be dope to play as the, the, the legendary characters, and you can't do that on here. So I decided, let me jump back into Marvel Heroes. And when I did, I discovered that not only... Once you start playing the game, that it won't bother you as much that there are other uh, uh, Wolverines, other Cyclopses, other they whatever. They actually explain why they there's explain other explain why there are other There's a storyline reason how it gets there and how right. that happens. And it makes sense in comic book logic, right? So you don't mind it as much. So then you get to focus on the game mechanics. And when you do, you realize, holy shit, there is a shit ton of powers and abilities that are all mostly faithful to the characters. Like for me, playing Thor, that 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 game that was um, built off of the movie, was a fucked up experience. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Thor games were awful, awful movie. And one of the main reasons it was so bad is because you you clearly see it was a money grab to take advantage of the popularity of the movie. They hardly gave him any of the stuff that he's known for. He seemed very limited. He couldn't fly except for in little little parts on the screen where he had the. It was just ridiculously dumb, and I did not feel like Thor as I played it. This game, Marvel Heroes. Oh, it was so good, dude. And then. I also remember when they eventually expanded in 2016 mm-hmm, mm-hmm. to consoles. Oh, man. Because I'm pretty sure, like, I played with a few other guys mm-hmm. on a regular mm-hmm. basis. Mm-hmm. I think Napalm was one of them. Yep. 
Yep. And like we just run around as a full group, start <laughs> doing this stuff. It's like playing characters that, like I never played on the P. Like on the PC, I had two characters I mainly played: mm-hmm. Doctor Doom and Hulk. Mm-hmm. And like, not all the characters were brought into the console version. Yeah, they had yeah, a few they limited characters it. that were different. Like, right in the console version, I played Ghost Rider so much. <laughs> Like it was just kind of awesome. Like you just hop on your bike for one of his moves, drive around, and set everywhere you drove oh, set fire. on fire. Oh, you just drive through somebody to so damage them. Then like they'd be hit by the fire behind you, and you'd hop off. You'd grab your chain and start oh, swinging man. the chain around. It's like yeah, and this is what I'm talking. This is about. what you yo. And the thing about it is, um, the the gameplay was very kinetic. Because, like, with DC Universe, you had to go to the area where the, the you know, um, uh, conflict was taking place. You fought a few baddies, and then you got to the main event. And it was cool. It had story, story elements, RPG, all that is cool. But with Marvel Heroes, not only did it give you the RPG feel because of the story, but the action was so kinetic that you could literally be fighting the entire time. And it, I'm telling you, I would, I would, I would come home after a long day and jump in front of that and just be the Punisher, jump in front of that game and yeah. just be Thor. I'm just Storm today. I'm Captain America. I'm Iron Man, dude. And then they gave you the skins. You got the skins to be different versions of that same oh, character. Yeah, yeah I remember. Like one of the reasons I had uh, Hulk as one of my main was because I had uh, the what if storyline. Right, right. Where Hulk became the horseman of, yes. one of the, of the apocalypse. He yes. was uh, Apocalypse's horseman of war. Yeah. And yeah. I'm like and they had a skin for that. It's like, oh yeah, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> Man, I'm telling you it was just it, the game if you are a comic book geek that happens this to game, was this amazing. is amazing. like when I saw they had Thor's God Blast, they had his anti-force attack. They had all these different things that you would not expect them to have um, because of the limitations of a gaming platform. I didn't see these limits. I felt complete with this. And they had the different zones. You could go to Asgard and then go to a couple of the different realms outside of it. Like, dude... It, it was just amazing. It was an amazing game. And when they shut that down, I was hot because we didn't yeah. even have it long on PS4. We didn't even have no, it long it on that. It was on PS4 for like a year. Yeah, man. I was I was so hot. Like it was on PC for about three or four. Yeah, absolutely. Like, absolutely. And what made me mad about that is I had been told Napalm about the game because I was playing it on PC to be able to play with him and potentially play with all of my friends that had PS4 because most of my friends did not have gaming computers. They didn't. So, yeah. I, I, dude, I was just, I was, I was so fucking hot. And I, I made a, a YouTube video where I basically said, you guys owe me a game. You owe me a game. <laughs> like, nah, you and, owe me a game. And again, this kind of segues heavily into like DC universes because it's the same kind of thing. Right. It is an 
M a superhero MMO. Yeah, that's what I want. That is based off of comics. Gotta have it. And it is again the storyline in DC Universe is so fun. It is. It really is. But like I said, the biggest drawback is is like while while you kind of do missions and quests for some of the big heroes, like they're kind of like your mentors. They mm-hmm. inspire you. Mm-hmm. You do not get to play any of the big guys, which is kind of a drawback. It's a drawback, man. And again, I I do remember creating a Punisher character in DCU. <laughs> <laughs> that is an option you can do. Like I even went with like the extra pockets, like right, Robert, right, right. Extra pockets everywhere because it's the best way to kind of fill it out. And let's talk about the good things that, that the DC Universe brought to that medium because. The amount of customization. The amount of customization is insane. They kept adding new powers. And on top of that, like even now, mind you, I played DC Universe when it was beta on PC as well, before it came to, you know, the wide scale release. And I'm telling you, to this day, that game's been around. I'm, I'm, I got to do my Googles right now to see when that game was first released. It's been around for a while now, and they're still giving you new content like i I get notifications all the time about new storylines they've added to the game it's insane oh it came out when it was still ps3 dude this this game because it started on the pc and then it wound up going to ps3 2011 2011 2011 20 fucking 11 it was 2011 on computer 2011 on playstation 3 it's mm-hmm. since been removed on ps3 right 2013 for ps4 2016 mm. for xbox one Man. and then 2019 for nintendo switch listen they are still giving have, you new content <laughs> yeah and i mean it, it is a free-to-play game Yes, yes, yes. But if, if you choose to subscribe to it, you basically get access to all their DLC. Yeah, and it is a bunch of DLC, and it's yeah, always like given more. Yeah, they're like episodes in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm looking at it here. There's 38 episodes in. And it's and so if, much if fun. If you don't want to subscribe, but there's a specific thing you want to play, you can actually just buy, buy that, that. Episode yeah. Well. It's so and much, man. It's a so lot much. of these episodes also release uh, new powers, new right, new uh, gear, new costume customizations. Dude, it's I've made Juggernaut. I, yo, that's the other thing about how deep the customization is. I mostly only make Marvel characters. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember you had that Thor character for oh, a while. Dude, I made him. Odin, uh, Carnilla, the Queen of the Norns, uh, Gaia, Thor's mother. Listen, <laughs> I was going in. I was going in. You notice a theme here, guys. <laughs> it's all Thor characters. <laughs> Look, and I even made a Punisher because why? Why not? Why not? Yeah. Listen, it, it is just so much on this game, and it's like they're still giving you more. And to me, this is free-to-play done right. This is this the MS, yeah. MMO done right, where, yes, they do have some microtransactions, but they don't microtransaction you to death. And when you do pay they, for they some stuff... They don't make it so if you don't buy the stuff... Right, right. 
you don't get to have a good experience. That's exactly. not a thing. Exactly. Like, yeah, there, there's some limits. Like, of course, any MMO that does free-to-play, there's gonna put, they're limits. gonna put some limits. Right. Like, there's a limit to the amount of characters you can create, and if you subscribe... You can get more. You can make that more monthly, characters. You actually get like triple the amount or whatever. Right. It goes from like three or four characters to like ten. Yeah, exactly, exactly. It's so much fucking fun. You can literally join, start leagues on there, and and look when they talk leagues, we're not just saying that you know you are you guys are all connected under the same banner. You can literally have your own headquarters in this game and customize the headquarters. I have seen some spectacular. I've been invited <laughs> to some spectacular superhero and supervillain layers. It is amazing the amount there of content. Is, there is content that requires groups of like Facts. four or five people to Facts. do, and that's what the other advantage to those leagues are. Is they're basically your guild or your clan, right, right, or your alliance, whatever, whatever game you're playing at the time would call it. And you would Here always have people to play that extra. You would have stuff. all these people that, you know, you could play all this stuff with. Build up your characters, trade gear. Back. Listen, they did a really great job with that. And I'm going to tell you, some experiences that I've had on DC Universe Online, I've only had in that game. When, when, when they were running the beta, I'll never forget when they were running the beta and they were about to close the um, service down. Right, you know, right before they was gonna make it go live in a month or whatever. I saw all of these villains. I'm literally standing outside one of the police stations, and there's a bunch of us heroes there. And I see a bunch. Uh, it look what looks to be almost like a fucking storm cloud <laughs> coming across the city. And as they get closer, you see it's not a storm cloud because they don't have storms like that in this game. It's villains. It's just villains. And they're coming for the last brawl for it all before this server goes down. And I'm telling you, I have never had an experience like that in any other game. It was epic. Absolutely epic. DC Universe, man. Like, They've done a lot of good things, too. Yeah. And now there are some games here. Like, these ones are all the games we've talked about so far are games we've enjoyed. Yes, yes. But there are some games that are just absolutely terrible. Yeah. <laughs> I remember some of the earlier Superman games for, like, PlayStation. Oh, dude, they were horrible. Where, and this is the problem with a Superman-type game mm-hmm. as a whole, mm-hmm. is because how do you make a game that is even remotely challenging to a character to a guy like who's virtually invincible yeah. yeah yeah it's like thing even if you include his old school weakness it's not even a canon thing anymore right where he was weak to magic right 95 percent of the people you'd come across he'd smash you'd have zero problems yeah with. you're gonna oh you have a gun what are you gonna do shoot me <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, this is again about to get on my um, Thor soapbox. This is why Thor should be a much easier character to make because he actually has a lot of the same invulnerabilities that Superman has, but he fights gods. You can put gods and godlike characters in there for him to beef with. You can he ice giants can hurt him. 
They can hurt him. You know what I'm saying? Like, you can put things in uh, uh, dwarves, fucking elves. You can put characters in there. And because of the way they represent his character in Marvel, you don't. There are other characters in Marvel that can challenge him. With Superman, yeah. it's like. There's a handful of guys yeah. who have the abilities to challenge him, and most of them are allies. Facts. Where Facts. Thor, there's plenty of people who can challenge him. Facts. And it's about 50 50 split whether they're allies or villains. Right, right, right. So. And. Soups is just too OP. Yeah. He's too OP. It's. Because, like, yeah, you can give a couple of bosses or something like kryptonite and stuff to actually make it hurt. Mm-hmm. But, like, the majority of the stuff is like, cool, I, I'm just going to walk in here and ignore you because <laughs> there's no way Lex Luthor, or even if he's fighting Batman, that Batman's going to give some random dude on the street Facts. kryptonite. Facts. Facts. Why would everybody have a kryptonite gun for one of the rarest minerals in the universe? Why? Yeah. You know, like... It's just not a thing that'll happen. And it's why... It'll break immersion because instantly, instantly, your your uh, suspension of disbelief goes away when you see him get hurt by some lackey. And it's like, yeah. that's Superman. Come on, man. Like, that, come on. That ain't how this plays out. Nah, nah. I would, and, I would also know, argue for Wonder Woman, too. Games, Oh, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, Wonder Woman, same boat. Yeah, same boat. Speaking of some of these games, we're going to try and make this not just console and PC. Because phone gaming is gaming. It's gaming. It's still gaming. Just because it's not something that, like, a lot of people do hardcore or anything like that. Right, right. Doesn't mean it's not gaming. It's still valid gaming. There has been... There's been... I've played a couple of Marvel games on PC or on phone. I haven't played a whole lot, but Me I've played too. a couple. Me too. And some of them are better done than others. Facts. Like, Facts. I, I've played Marvel's Contest of Champions. They even made a comic series to help kind of push it. Right, it, right. It wasn't the fact that the game was so good that it spawned a comic series. It was... <laughs> right. The, the comic series with the premise. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of to promote the game. Right, right. And that was a game, it was, as a time waster, it's okay. I, I feel like that's how but, a lot of them are. They're good time wasters. But it was a game where you had your groups, and like there was events and stuff, and if you wanted to be even reasonably competitive, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you had to spend like $100, $150 Thanks. a week. Talk about microtransactions. Like, And it's one of those ones like, yes, it's a free-to-play game. Yes, you can technically do everything in-game for free. But if you want to be even reasonably competitive with some of the stuff, and if you want to get into, like, the good guilds or whatever, or good groups to do Mm -hmm. some of the stuff, because there are some things that are group-based. Like, there's alliance wars and stuff like that. Right. If you want to do that, any of the upper-tier groups actually have requirements of how much you have to contribute per week on this stuff. Right. And right. to contribute to that, you do like I used to work with a guy who was in like sort of a mid-tier group. Mm-hmm. And to to meet their requirements, you were spending $70 a week. Right. Right. And like in the upper tier stuff, the requirements were $150 plus a week. There were 
I played with a guy on there. Like I spent maybe fifteen dollars a month on this, mm-hmm. if that. There there were times where I just didn't spend anything for a while. There'd be a time like, oh, you know what? I really want this, and I'd drop twenty five bucks there. But right. It right. probably came out to about ten to fifteen dollars a month. I ended up spending, which is about what you know. If I'm subbing to any online game, it's, you're looking at about the same cost. The same so cost. it's like, yeah. that's how I kind of justified it. It's like, well, I'm playing this enough and it's whatever. So that's what I would play if I was subbing to WoW or if I was subbing to DC yeah. Online or whatever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. But there were guys I had played with who would spend a thousand dollars a month that's insane and it's like jesus christ if, if you yeah. have the money to spend to be competitive sure yeah but the average person i didn't but there's there's been a couple other games that have come out that like i've played i'm actually have marvel strike force on my phone right now you know i was and just that, looking at that game and that one is much better in the sense of it is still relatively easy to be competitive without spending a dollar on this game. Right. Like, I haven't bought shit <laughs> on this game. It's How like, long have you I'm been playing the, it? How long have you been playing uh, it? Uh, let's see. It's what? August now? So I think I started about mid-June. Okay. And okay. it's relatively easy. to. Everything in there is easily done free to play right it provides you all the stuff on a regular basis to be competitive and outside of a couple of things Mm -hmm. most of it isn't done on where you stand in a percentage of other players which means you don't need to spend to be competitive it's more like oh spend a certain amount of or use a certain group of characters as much as possible but right and as you do that you hit milestones and it's like those milestones might be like okay uh like there's an x-force one right now that's uses three x-force characters domino negasonic teenage warhead next 23 Mm -hmm. you get you get points for doing certain uh fights in blitz which is sort of like a unranked pvp type thing that usually gives you a bunch of cheap rewards. Right. And then, like, the arena, which is actual timed PvP and everything. Right. And if you use them, you get extra points. And if you're just doing that without them, you still get points. And it gives you character shards to unlock these guys. Right. Or enhance them if you have them. You can get... You get a bunch of free orbs all the time. You get shards for these orbs to get more. And you can unlock these characters that way and everything else. It's... It gives you all the tools you need in-game to unlock all this stuff. Right. So as far as a free-to-play game, it's it's a free-to-play game that isn't pay-to-win. Right. Like, right. You can get there quicker paying, but you don't have to actually pay to win. It's more just, you know, you just get there. It just takes you take a little longer. Steps. Right. Yeah. Even if you pay, it's not guaranteeing you get ahead significantly faster. It just gives you that quick step up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's like it's this one is again, it's a great time waster. But the fact that you can be competitive with in it without spending a bunch of money 
That's a plus. It's what I've, I've actually enjoyed playing it a bit more because of that. Right. And again, there's a good storyline. It's involving like multiverse, a dude trying to conquer the multiverse, and you're part of a team that's trying to unite heroes and villains and like min even minions. Like you can get random aim goons or mm-hmm, hydra mm-hmm, goons or mm-hmm. even shield goons, right? Right. And you're just trying to like stop these guys from conquering the universe because your earth is the prime, prime or like earth, the, yeah. or not the prime uh, the nexus so they can go from this universe to that universe to that universe but there's only like one or two universes they can go to from each right but your your earth is the nexus you can access every universe from it right so you're trying to stop them from taking that and it's like all right it's a good premise good story uh the gameplay is uh to the point where you you can find it enjoyable enough to like you said waste time with you can take it with you anywhere you go because it's a phone game so that it has a lot of pluses to it and again um i have looked into strike force before but i never um played it i watched a few of the um few youtube videos on it and the graphics look reasonably good you know what i'm saying for for a phone yeah. game like you know? if you're expecting PC level, or nah, anything, you're not gonna get that. But even console, it's I'd say it's about low tier game console. Yeah, right? like if you if you talk about, uh, it's certainly better than I think you would find on the PS2. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like I, I'd say it was it's in the range of like the first few games that came out on xbox one or yep. ps4 yeah or yeah. the last few games of ps3 and the xbox 360 it's in that tier it's in of that graphics, tier of graphics. Like, and there's not, limitations not, not quite ps4 level as a whole but games that were ps3 that came out on ps4 it's right. in that range right not not you know if there are limitations it's not like it's a uh you can go anywhere, do anything sort of um, game. It's kind of on rails to a degree, but even with that, for the for the amount of content that's there that does capture your attention, it's it's it looks fairly dope to me. Um, and we 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 talked about this when we was um putting the show together about the fact that we needed to talk about these uh, phone games because there is some gaming elite elitism. When it comes to the phone games, people want to act as if that's not gaming, and that's absurd. <laughs> like that is really it's absurd. Traditional gaming, right? It is gaming. It's still gaming. It's still. It's like you know, with with technology moving towards the more mobile experience, it it it. it this is gaming stretching its tentacles onto other platforms and mediums, and making itself more accessible. Two people who wouldn't go out and buy a console, they they're not into that, you know. They, but they do want to. They see the game, they like the characters, they like you know what it does, and they'll go and they'll download and install an app, you know, and play the game. It's viable, and um, I yeah. played plenty of um, of phone games. Like you said, two past the time, but I'm also a, a a a gamer that plays on several different platforms. So to me, it's just another platform. You deal with the limitations on each platform because if we're talking about limitations, there's definitely a difference, a little bit less so as time goes on, between consoles and PC games. You know what I'm saying? So it, no one's saying I mean, that. You say less so, but it, it really depends because it depends on the game. That's true. It depends on the game. 
Well, it depends on the game, and it depends on how easily the game is modded. You get the modding Facts. community. It's like Skyrim, for example. When that came out right. on like PS3, 360, and computer, mm-hmm. they were it was put out at about the same level of graphics, but they already had an inbuilt mod. Yeah, for the that came from Bethesda. Yep, for being able to play it in 1080p HD 60 frames. And 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 just, yeah, and, and like yeah. the minute you grab something like that, it automatically jumps up your the game quality. The and the whole gaming experience because um, modding on Skyrim is probably one of the funnest things I've done in in, in gaming. Being able to have that level of customization, I have turned what is a some people would argue dated graphics into a very beautiful game with those yeah. goddamn mods. The water looks. But the insane. fact that like a game like that, it's like as much as we have like 4K upscaling, it's right. not native 4K. Exactly, you can get the same game on PC in native 4K, Fact. and there is a diff. There, there is, is a, a clear difference. difference, and also um. So uh, that is one rate. advantage that PC frame rate. does. Yeah, frame yeah. rate, you know, is on PC, it jumps up very high, man, because I always have my frame rate up there in the corner so I can see. And I'm sometimes playing at some extremely high frame rates. And, and it looks, um, it moves amazing. It looks amazing. And there is a difference between the PS4 version of Skyrim and the PC version. There is a clear yeah. difference. So you and know that's again that's because a lot of consoles are locked in at 30 frames per second. Yep. Yep. And it's like you're locked in at that on PC when you're getting 60 frames per second which is what your eye natively sees at. Mhm. Mhm. You're it just seems like a better well, graphic it, it even moves, if it's it the same smoother. graphics just at better. Yeah, cuz it it's moving smoother. smoother. It's it's what you would normally see at. And a lot of times the even the background on graphics um like take you take uh, No Man's Sky for instance on on the PlayStation versus on the P on the PC. I just started playing that on PC. It is. I, I have it on PC. I believe I've installed it, but I haven't booted it up yet. It is, and I play on the ultra settings. And SBJ just started playing on the ultra settings uh, the other day. And at the time, I wasn't in game. He was just like telling me that's what he was about to do, and his mouth dropped. At the level, like the 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 the, all the things in the game look a lot more solid. It looks like you know, like it has actual uh, weight to it, depth to it. It's the level of detail is insane. Like it's crazy. So there are differences, but you know, as years go on, consoles they're adding um, you know new things to the consoles that make more PC elements. As far as uh, uh, um, gear, well, they introduced some mods and stuff. Yeah, but, they, you know, but, but those mods still, unfortunately, have to be designed exactly. On PC. Like you can't go in and and do that shit yourself. Like on the no. on the console, like you you can't go in and do that shit on on your own. But that's why PC is one of the reasons I became a PC gamer is because I felt like when I would see friends of mine that played on PC and see their versions of the same game, I was like, oh, no, man, I, I can't I can't continue <laughs> to just be on the console where I see guys having this experience that I can't have. 
because I'm stuck on the console, so that's why I did it. And that's why I'm glad that we're seeing um, a lot of these superhero-based games coming to PC because I know I'm going to get a better experience. And the fact that they're doing the um, cross-platform, well, at least cross-release of uh, the Marvel's Avengers game has me hyped because... I know it's going to be a difference. <laughs> the graph graphics and the way it moves, it's going to be a difference. It's going to be a bit a difference. And I'm going to, I'll tell you this, when we do part of the next episode, by then I will have, um, I will have played the beta. And I will definitely uh, report to the audience um, the things I saw um, and, 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 and the differences I saw between the, uh, console stuff and the PC stuff. I am fairly certain my frame rate is going to be crazy on this and on the PS4 and the Xbox One. They're going to be locked in at 30. They're going to be locked in at 30. We we, we see that. Um, but all of the games that we mentioned here, I like most of these with the exception of Marvel Heroes, you can play these games. You can find these games. You probably can find X-Men Legends too, but you, if you don't have the console back then that, you know, uh, I think that was the PS2, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. If you don't have that console, you're not going to be able to play that, unless they got an emulator out there. But the rest of these games you can find, with the exception of Marvel Heroes, you can find these games. Any games we talked about, you can find them. I highly recommend you do it, especially if you're a comic book fan, even if you're not so much of a gamer. Go play these games, because this is a, this adds another layer to the experience of comic books. And I think you'll find something in it that's uh, really enjoyable and really adds something to the characters. The chance to actually be or play as them adds something to the, your love of those characters. I strongly recommend that you go and find these games. Um, oh, 100%. Um, we need to wrap this up. I want to thank everybody that took the time out to listen to the episode today and the people that are constantly returning to watch and excuse me to listen to the um podcast we really appreciate you and that's one of the reasons we keep doing it so keep that up and we'll keep this up um for my man saga i am tombstone the dead man we are metas and mutants and we are out peace peace